All right. Welcome to American Hammers TV, our Sunday night weekend review. It is January 26, 2020. It could almost not have been a worse week to be a West Ham supporter. Uh, and uh, we have Liverpool on Wednesday. So anyway, glad you're here if you're here. Uh, tonight we've got a special guest. Of course, my co-host, Sully, down in um, uh, Sacramento, uh, originally from Denver. Yep. Boston, and of course, uh, the founder, the the guru of American Hammers TV, who will be in London, will be in at the Olympic Stadium Wednesday, and is it Saturday? Is is Brighton a Saturday or a Sunday? Saturday. Yep. Saturday. Wednesday and Saturday, he'll be, for, he'll be there for London. He'll be there for Brighton, two uh, consecutive home matches for our friend Tim, who is sitting about two and a half miles away from me, low yep. math. Um, yeah, so before we get started, uh, a couple of quick things. Uh, you know what? First of all, I, I know this isn't a football-related thing, but I did want to mention Kobe Bryant, who uh, was tragically killed in a, in a helicopter crash today, uh, and along with his 13-year-old daughter, and I believe a couple of other – another parent, another child, uh, which is just really awful. Um, I mean, you know, almost any death is tragic. Certainly this one is very tragic. And uh, he was not a West Ham fan, but he was a great fan of football. He was a pretty good player, too. If you ever saw him have a think about or, or, or do some keepy up, he, he could play. You know, I think he's raised in Italy, so you know, he was raised mm-hmm. in Europe, and he knew a lot of footballers. He had a lot of great respect for them. He's a great fan of the game. He was a great ambassador of the game here in the U.S., and uh, obviously, aside from being a great basketball player, and uh, so we're very, you know, we just want to issue our condolences to his uh, family, friends, etc. I just can't imagine the grief. Of the I, got, I got it for you. So anyway, uh, yeah. So that's somber enough. Uh, makes it makes what we're going to talk about with West Ham tonight seem a little less somber. Uh, but yeah, before we before we get started, there's Liam. There's Liam from Fresno. Hi, hi Liam. <laughs> Liam. Liam got the Liam got the, he got the baby down. He got the baby put down, and uh, he now he's going to join us. Uh, so in, yeah, she's in uh, never want to sleep anymore mode. So <laughs> what did you say? She's in uh, doesn't want to sleep anymore mode. So it's yeah. It's I remember those days. My kids are still like that, and they're six and nine, so I don't know how that got it. Uh, yeah, so before we get started, check out our website. Check out AmericanHammers.net. Everything you want is on there. All of our merchandise, all of our stuff, our scarves, all of our threadless uh, store stuff is on there. Uh, anything you'd ever want. I mean, I think there's underwear on there, on there now. You can get like... Uh, yeah. And <laughs> also, there's new wallpapers, American Hammers Network wallpapers, all different designs, cool bubbles and stuff like that. You can um, you know add on your phone or whatever uh we also have uh phone cases for all different sorts of phones uh with different logos on there but yeah so basically we have the threadless shop for everybody um and then we have also the we have a uk shop now lee which um yes that's right helped them out with the dubious taxes apparently that was a big issue (laughs) uh, we weren't aware of so uh i'm glad that people from over there let us know so we can fix it for you and specs so thank you to alex for working hard on all that good stuff and yep. keeping the website looking fancy for us. If you're a UK viewer like Richard, for instance, uh, yeah, you get your own uh, site, so you're not having to pay all the various charges that they have to get yeah. here. So that's great. Uh, and I will be bringing some scarves with me. Okay, I'll be bringing some scarves with me. Um, some of the old, uh, more redder ones, uh, reddish, not so. Um, the oiler scarves. The oiler yeah, scarves. Yeah, yeah. The, like the flag bunch, yeah. Um, the original run, <laughs> they still the first run. Of, they look good. They do. They look good. The first run of the Ameri- American Amherst TV scarves, I'll be, I have like five of them left. And if you find me, 
where I'm in Long London. I might have them on me, and uh, the first five people to find me, I'll give them to you. Oh, look at Mr. Fancy here. He's been a customer <laughs> on a school trip all week. Well, buenos noches, amigo. <laughs> I hope you had a good well, time. Must sit be nice. down, strap in. Yeah, my school trips were to, were to really lame places. <laughs> we didn't go to Costa Rica. We went to, like, Waxahachie, Texas. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, Gabe, glad you're here. I haven't seen you in a while. Glad you're here. Uh, you know what? I... Uh, it's been such a beating of a week that I want to start with something positive. Tim, will you do us a favor and just tell us um, the, about your trip that you're taking this week and what you're going to be doing and maybe, if you don't yeah. mind, the people you're going to be meeting with and, and kind of some of the stuff you have set up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll be hanging out on uh, the boats, the Hamstead boats, the first day that I'm there, uh, before and after the match. And um, I think on... Yeah, the next day, so it was Thursday, I'll be doing the stadium tour and um, and hanging out around the stadium. Uh, Friday, I'm going to be meeting some other people and friends and uh, hanging out with the he's up Mother Brown and uh, meeting Tebow, one of our you know one of our good viewers, long-standing viewers, um, and getting some footage with him. So I'm going to get an interview with him since we weren't able to get him on the show. I'll be there face to face. And uh, maybe Steve can hold the camera for me while, uh, you know, I do a little interview because he's got awesome stories. I've spoken to him on the phone many times before, before we even got him on the show. And, uh, you know, just because of his Internet issues doesn't mean we're not going to get his story out there. So that's what American Heroes TV has always been about is being a platform for everybody, regardless of what you know, side of the fence you're on, what, you know, what walk of life you are. If you're a Hammers fan and you want to get heard around the world, um, that's what we're here for. So anyway, I want his stories out there, and I don't want it coming from me. I want it coming from him. So that's going to be the best. One of my one of the things I'm looking forward to most. Um, and then, yes, exactly. Yeah, Tebow. And then on Saturday before the match, I'll be doing the uh, West Ham Way pre-match event with uh, Jazz invited us there, um, who's been on the show, and uh, Steve and I will be going there with Gary. Gary also is going to be going there. And, uh, yes, Gary from South Carolina is going to be doing the whole trip with me. Um, and Steve will be with me most of the trip as well. And, and Ray Borman, can't wait to meet him. But anyway, uh, is there a for the event? Sorry to cut Phil you Parks. off. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. I'm just, I'm going to beat around the bush. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, Phil Parks is going to be there. And, uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to meet him. That'll be fantastic. And I'm going to be giving him a scarf. So hopefully, uh, you know, it takes uh, exactly. So I'm super excited. I'm going to be meeting a lot of people, and hopefully, um, I'm trying to get. Um, you know, I'll be spending a lot of time with the, the Cross Hammers guys, and also the uh, Must Ham Fan TV guys. So I'm sitting right in front of them. So nice. Cool. <laughs> Try to get a few fan cams. So anyway, looking forward to that trip. But like I said, if you guys see me out there, I might have a scarf for you. So if you recognize me and you see me, say hello to me, and I will, if I have a scarf on me, which I'll be wearing like five of them around my neck, and, uh, and I'll give you one, right? Cool. Awesome. So anyway. That's going to be fantastic. Back to the negativity. Yeah, well, Gabe, since Gabe, I, apparently there are no uh, cell phones in Costa Rica, so Gabe doesn't know anything that's happened in the last week. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't just real good. It wasn't just real good. Um, we, had the, we had the loss to uh, – oh, Lester, no, who did we even play in the Premier League last, last week? Help me, Lester. Lester, thank you. Lester away. Lester away, thank you. Oh man, I've blocked it out. It's like a, it's like a bad memory. We had the loss to Lester away. It was pretty uninspired, uh, and we leaked four goals. The biggest problem to me is that we leaked four goals because goal differential could make a difference this season. 
and staying up or going down. And those two late goals just killed me. I mean, it's bad enough not to get three points, but a two-to-one loss is bad, but it's not disastrous. A four-to-one loss is a pretty disastrous loss where we are right now. And then I don't think there's ever been, you know, a less inspired effort than, I, I don't know, maybe a couple last season, maybe a couple under Pellegrini, but that effort yesterday was was pathetic against the West Brom side with, that was basically a B team and then went down to 10 men with like 20 minutes to play and it just didn't matter. It never mattered, you know. That was the strongest side I think we had to put out there. We've got a lot of injuries, right? So, unfortunately, we had Sanchez out there, the players we like to see. But that's all we have. We had Fornal starting, all the things we talk about that we want. It was all there. And I think even David Moyes is wondering now what he's gotten himself into. I really do. I, I There is a culture of losing and negativity and, and there's a culture of, uh, there, there's a, there's a sense of doom around this club that, you know, is inevitable in a sense because we are so close to going down because we are out of all the competitions now, uh, so early. But I, it's almost as if we're willing relegation to happen. The fans, everybody. And, and I don't know what to do about this. And, it, and I don't have a big agenda for tonight, to be honest with you, uh, because I, I just, I, you know, I, I can't ask the same questions over and over. Why do we suck? What do we do about it? It's the same thing every week. Well, but look, right, right below, and also in the other corner, we have two of the most positive West Ham fans, <laughs> um, West Ham supporters I've ever met. And that's, uh, that's, listen, that's, I, I think you might want to start with them because they might be able to pull a positive spin. On well, all well this. let me ask you this. I mean, here's here's one thing I want to ask. Now, as as fans, and and I, you know, Tim, you're going over this week, but most of us don't get to go over, don't go over very often. We're kind of stuck over here. We mostly we mostly communicate on social media or on this network. I mean, what do we do, if anything, as fans to make the situation better? Do we go on Twitter and say, hey, you know what? Keep your chin up. Do we join the protesters? Do we hashtag GSB out as much as possible? I really don't know. Is there anything we can do, anything we can do to make this, a, to, to turn the, the, you know, to sort of, change the culture of the club or I don't know. What do you guys think? Is there, is there anything you, you feel as though you can do as, as a fan, as a person or that we can do as a group? Go ahead, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, before I get into that question, um, I kind of wanted to reflect on what you were saying too, not specifically about Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. um, but kind of the situation. And then additionally, um, with social media and kind of the, uh, the weird position that I've kind of gained, if you will, for uh, being on American Hammers TV, um, on social media, not going to say anyone's name, um, there was a, a fan of West Ham who was just in a really tough place and it uh, posted something and just needed some help. And I'm not going to say names. If anybody in the comments of the show knows who I'm talking about, please don't um, uh, mention this person's name. But all I really kind of wanted to say was just make sure, you know, if, if you need help with anything, just don't feel afraid to, to talk about it. Um, you know, go ahead and, you know, reach out to any one of us, reach out to somebody you trust or that, you know, wants to listen to you. Because as we see today with Kobe, you know, uh, uh, life is precious. You know, I mean, Kobe seemed like one of those people that, you know, was going to live to be, you know, 105 years old. And now, you know, he's going to a, a basketball game with his daughter and some of her teammates and their families. And now you have nine people that aren't here right now. Um, so just make sure if you're going through a tough time or just anything, you know, small stuff, squash it, you know, just reach out and just, look, you know, just love each other. Um, yeah. I agree. And, and we are a family. We really are a family. Yeah, we are here for people. We've actually had a few people reach out to us, just so you know, um, on, via Twitter. Would you we have... 
Who was the man? Who was the man whose house burned down? I've forgotten his name. Do you have that information? Yeah, Javier. Um, Javi uh, from uh, the Alamo Alamo City Hammers, and I believe I don't know if they did something or fundraiser for him, or they're going to be doing a fundraiser for him, like actually at the pub. Go fund me going for him. They have they have go fund me. Yeah, there is a go fund me going for him. It is on. It's been. It's Javier Luna, okay? Javier Luna. Javi Luna. So um, we, if you go to our Twitter page, which yeah. is uh, at American Hammer 3, it's pinned. I have it pinned to the as our top post, so okay, you'll see yeah. the goal. Okay? Because I, I still need to donate to it, and I do plan to do that. Uh, and I, I think, you know, it's just an example of what Sally is talking about. I mean, I we are a genuine family, and I, I think we really care for each other. Yes. And, and I agree with you, Sally. If you need help, uh, if it's a personal problem, whatever it is, I mean, come to us. You can send me a DM on Twitter. I'm serious about this. Uh, I'll do everything I can. I really will. And, and I think all of us here will. So we all do. And we all have, we all have, you know, we all have problems or all things we have to get through. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree with that completely. And I think, you know, this is more than just us goofing around talking about a football club. This is a family and I think we should, you know, we should, we should, we should live that way. So anyway, uh, thank you, Sally. I appreciate you bringing that up. That, that's a great, great thing to bring up. Yeah, anyway. No, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so now to answer the question, um, put an optimistic spin on it. Cause the second we got eliminated from the game, first thought that came into my mind now is we have no excuses to not do something to stay up because we only have one competition now that we have to look forward to. Now I know we have injuries and, and whatever, but no team is at a hundred percent right now. Um, but I think the issue is with the injuries that we have, like, and that's an issue that people have with the bar. Like we need to spend, you know, I saw something today that said, uh, $500,000 bid for Aaron Long got rejected. And I think in the summertime, our bid was even higher than that or something. And, yeah. you know, whatever. So I was like, you know, there's, there's trying to go and improve the squad. And then there's going out making jokes of a bit like, Hey, we're about to get relegated. Let's, let's throw some pocket change at this just cause you play you know, in the, in the lead that we might see is less, you know, at this point, I feel like you gotta, you gotta overspend, you know, on players, yes. um, you yes. know, because we need it. We can't just go out there and have three youngsters just take up roster spots on the bench just because we need those spots filled. You know, we have to go and do something to stay up. And I think that's a big frustration too. Is this what four or five days until the, until the windows open this time next week, windows closed. You That's know, right. honestly, so, uh, you know, if, if they want to do anything, this now is the time to do it. So, um, but yeah, anyway, we only have the Prem to worry about. So that's what we have to focus on one game at a time. You know, we have a tough stretch of games, but no one's going to make excuses. If we go down, that's on us. No one's going to, oh, you play Liverpool twice in 10 days. No one cares. Just go out and do it. Well, I just got to mention before we go into Liam's positivity, um, I got to mention that, uh, Friday deadline day is our year anniversary, and uh, I don't know, Lee. Uh, we, we should probably do something, man. We should, you know, do we something. should probably, yeah. It's I think you and I should probably do. So there's no Friday night likes this week because John's still on paternity leave. So um, yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> Liam, I, think <laughs> I think we should. Uh, you don't get, <laughs> don't get it. We have to come and work. That's that's how we do it. I know. So I think you and I should probably do what we did to begin with. You and I just doing a deadline day episode. And hopefully we sign more than Masaki Jew and um, <laughs> Nazri. Oh man! You know? Bring back Jordan Hugel. We should go back. And yeah, yeah. We should watch last year's so, episode and talk about who we were talking about signing last year, and then figure out yeah. how it worked out. And where they got all your stuff? Yeah, that might be really so. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. So I was just throwing that out there on air so that you know, kind of put pressure on you to say yes to do that. Because um, I know it's Friday night and, you know, you probably have plans. You know. Me? If you don't have plans. <laughs> yes. yeah. Listen, you'll have to host it because I'll be in London and I don't have a computer. So. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. That's why I'm kind of like, can you please do it? Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Right. Well, well, All right, cool. So, anyway. Because it'll be, yeah, you'll have to. Anyway. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Liam. Liam, um, let's let's think about this, man. I mean, you. I always go to you for uh, positivity, especially when I'm listening to the podcast. Uh, no, um, I'm the I'm the keep the faith. I'm the positive guy. I'm the keep the faith yeah. guy. So, so uh, what what do you think, man? I mean, after watching that uh, after that match, how can you be positive? I mean, it, it, <laughs> honestly, it's tough, right? It's, there's not a whole lot of takeaways at this point where we can say, um, you know, that that we're seeing progression, right? That we're seeing movement. We're seeing more of what Moyes is trying to do with this team. But let's be honest, like you can't put that on Moyes at this point. I mean, no, this, you can't. This team has been decimated, absolutely decimated. The when when Snodgrass goes down in the Leicester game, right? I was like, we're we're done. I mean he he's that that extra little bit of bite that we need because, you know, especially with the amount of games that we've been playing, you can't have Noble playing Full ninety every you know twice a week, three times in a week. And, and especially thing. not lately, he hasn't looked so good. So yeah, no. Same with the, the dudes. The dude came out on what was it? He talked to that that Tottenham fan. What's his name? Moose. He was talking to that. Oh, Ian Abraham. Yeah, no, no, yeah. yeah, he's not a popular dude right he's now. Just a fan of free food. But, he's but a very unpopular guy right now. Yeah, to be fair. Like yeah, Moose totally you know bit the yard with the uh, with the with the opportunity with uh, David Gold. But I think the the conversation he had with with Noble was very honest. It was very eye opening with Noble saying, "Look, I'm 32. I'm going to be 33 in May. You cannot rely on me to come in at halftime and suddenly change a game. Like, why why is it that I'm the one person that everybody's going to put that weight on? And you almost you feel for the guy, man. Like he should be enjoying the twilight years of of his time at West Ham. He should be a celebrated hero. And instead, he's getting shit on left, right, and center." By all of us, by anybody. Everyone's pulling him up by the bootstrap saying, oh, well, he missed a sitter. Fuck, man, everybody missed a sitter in that game. Are you kidding me? Everybody. Who had the most shots on goal? Declan Rice. Hey. Yeah, the one shot, on. yeah. You know what I mean? It's 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 just it's it's bad tactics, and it's, you know, we're sitting here hoping hoping on a prayer, and it's just, you know, you we need to set more realistic expectations, but – at the end of the day, you can only play with the with the you can only play with the team you have, and you can only play the team that's in front of you. And I think with the Leicester game, you know, once Noble scored that penalty, I thought we were back in it, man. Being down two one, I really was like, you know what? These guys have got it. These guys have got it. And then Ogbonna right. trips up, what's his face in the box? And let's be honest, it's absolutely a pen. And sure. when you when a penalty's been given on somewhat shaky circumstances. 99 times out of 100, that ref is going to give a penalty to the other team to make it feel like it's squared up. So I knew one was coming. I knew the first time somebody went down in the box for Leicester, they were going to get the pen. Um, obviously, they bury it, and then seven minutes later, same guy, uh, Oyozi, um, you know, puts it back in again. And let, when you look at, bastard. when you look <laughs> at it too, man, that that pass that comes in from the from the right hand side, uh, our left hand side, but they're right. The guys are just standing around completely open space. Nobody's trying to close it down. I mean, you, you just knew it was going in. It was similar to the, the second goal where Masawaku doesn't track back. There's a ton of open space right outside the 18. Madison plays that square ball through traffic, and then dude just gets on the end of it. It's 
you know, it, it's tough because I really did think that we were at least going to nick a point out of that. I really thought that we were going to come out of that looking looking pretty good and going into the the West Brom game uh, on on uh, on a high. And then with the West Brom, I mean, it was just a bad bad mistake from Sanchez. I mean, lo and behold, big surprise, right? Um, but just <laughs> not, the like, one, not the first one, either. yeah. But he, yeah. that weird little short pass that he does instead of just trying to boot it out, clear it out of the out of the area, just. Just yep. a bad decision, and we get we get penalized for it. I mean, in fair play to West Brom, they they came to battle. Um, I'm actually really surprised that they got red carded because it was. I mean, typically, and we've talked about this on the show before, is the lower le- level teams typically get away with murder in these cut matches because yep. it's always the big. Well, they're bad they're not going to be lower level for long. That's part of it. They're not going to be lower. They may be. No, it was basically a Premier League like match at the middle of the week. It, honestly, it, no, it really was, and it. it it makes me worried because we're going up against we went up against a championship side and we looked like a championship side. So it's yeah. you know it's kind of we we got a taste of what we're probably going to expect to see next year because you're not going to have the the top level guys. They're going to be uh, you know they're going to be sold off. We're going to have to rely on you know Snodgrass and Noble, the guys that aren't going to get picked up and youth, and that's what's going to hopefully bring us back. Yeah, up. It's going to even yeah. So uh, I didn't really I, I didn't get to watch the full Leicester match. I watched the first twenty minutes, uh, pretty much till like the first goal. Um, and you know the first five ten minutes looked like we were okay. It looked like you know we were matching them for pace. But then all of a sudden that first goal went in, and then just like every other match, once we concede, the shoulders slip. Yeah, it's just yeah, hundred percent. And it was just it got worse and worse and worse. And then I listened to the rest of it on the radio. Um, and it just, I kept hearing over and over again, oh, yeah, Leicester has possession. Oh, yeah, Leicester, they just dominated possession, and that's that's ridiculous to me. I mean, the, the, the stats for that match afterward, looking at the stats for that match, it was it was pathetic. Absolutely no excuse for that. They had been on a shit run. I know I, I'm sick of hearing from people, oh, if you have a shit run, come play West Ham. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Anybody can beat anybody on a given day. you got the right players. You have the same players. We, our players have been training together. What the fuck are they doing in training? They keep saying this over and over again, too. Yeah. What are they doing in training? Are they training at all? Are they learning anything? Are they, are they setting up certain ways? Like, it looks like they're having a great time. As you see the pictures and the right. videos for training, they're all happy. They're all goofing around, making pranks. Like, oh, yeah, awesome. there's more strategy in shocking deck than rice than there is to put onto the game. I see him smile. I see Manu smiling in, in, in um, you know, uh, Lanzini smiling in training in, in these pictures. And I'm like, well, he's looking like a miserable little prick. Like, he doesn't even want to be there during the match. Like, what's going on with that, too? So, anyway, they, they did not perform at all that match. And then going into West Brom, I'm like, you know what? This is it. They, they got to do it. This is our year. It's the cup year. They got to take it seriously because this is our chance. At least get into the next round. At least go for a run. Right. I mean, that's what you got to do. It's the 40th anniversary, etc. So they did not do that. And it was from go. It was from go. The other team was just, uh, West Brom was just running and they were, they were, you know, lobbing the ball deep. They were doing long balls. They were playing. Those just doing Allardyce ball. And you know it was crazy. It was you know what the worst part is, Tim? I'm sorry, but you're going to appreciate this, I think. The worst part is that now people are on this village nostalgia trip, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Dimitri Payet, all right? After he lost Dimitri Payet, he was taking us down. And I realize all of our managers take us down now, but he was taking us down. And I, I, we had to we had to get rid of him. And now all the people have come back around and said, oh, look at Village. Look how great he is. Look, he's coming up into the premiership. Look, he's beating us in the FA Cup. He didn't work out for us for whatever reason, all right? He just didn't. So please stop with all that. He played a, 
a horrible West Ham squad. He didn't beat us. You know, he just, I mean, we played like shit. And then some. It was like a big, it was like Back to the Future when Biff fucking slides right into the fucking truck of manure. And it's just, it's just, it's just shit. And then shit coming out of his mouth. And it was just shit upon shit upon shit. It just kept coming. So anyway, um, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, anyway, so they kept um, they kept the pressure nonstop. West Brom was pressuring, pressuring, pressuring. And I thought that's what we did. But we did we did not do that at all that game. We were... We were pressing not so high. We were, we were pressing at one point, like once, um, not too deep either. But uh, it wasn't enough, and it, you, that didn't change the whole match. Now you're going to call me crazy, but Sanchez actually played probably his best game in a West Ham shirt. I understand. I keep hearing that he gave the ball away so much, but he was actually taking the ball away from West Brom more than anybody else I was watching on the pitch. He was, you know, at least getting the ball. And what he did with it thereafter, who knows? But at least he was. He was trying. I mean, I can see that he was trying more than he's ever tried before. Maybe because he knew it's, you know, the windows, oh, God, it's getting close to the window time. I might be out of here or out of a job. Or, you know, I don't know what he was thinking, but he was at least doing that. He just, poor, poor guy, man. He just can't pass the fucking ball. He just can't do it. So you know, all these other passes, everybody else. He, he's, only on like, he's only on 80K a week. What do you expect from him? <laughs> oh, I know. But, I mean, it, what, to me, it was, it, I could see at least the effort in him. You know what I mean? I saw some effort. I did. It was just shocking to I thought we'd get a new manager bounce with the effort, at least. I thought if we didn't, if the results didn't improve, the effort would improve, and it has not improved. Not until halftime. When halftime came and we brought on our three big boys, right? I mean, the three, they needed, which they needed to do, because the first half was shit. They did make a mistake pulling off Fernandes and not. I mean, Fernandes had, had a rough half, but, but Lanzini was fucking worse. The whole fucking game well, was worse. garbage, and I don't think he's going to get a yeah. But anyway, ha- having Ogbonna and Noble and... Um, Jesus Christ, who am I thinking of? Oh, Antonio, come on. I mean, that, that was fantastic, you know, and I was like, great, they wasted all three subs, but you know what? You can tell right off the bat, it was a difference in play now. Okay, great. And then, then we, um, you know, they got the red card, and I'm like, well, even better. You know, this is awesome. Okay, great. Now what? Now they're going to do something? It was like watching them play Man United a few years ago, or back when Allardyce was there, and we're down, and we're trying to win a match in the Premier League, and we're just trying to do whatever we can to get the ball up. We shouldn't be playing like that against West Brom. We should be fighting for our life. To, to You know what I'm saying? They were fighting for their lives. They were struggling to get the ball in the box to try to make, take a shot. The players they were struggling. Care. It was like Hail Marys after Hail Marys right. against West Brom. The players don't care, though. I mean, tell me the 10-man West Brom. That made no sense. Some of you guys haven't noticed this. And Sully and, and Liam, you guys chime in, too. I thought with Moyes coming in with a, a change of manager, at least we'd get some effort, some energy. He's an energy guy in terms of making the players work. I thought we'd see some more commitment from the players. I'm still seeing the same thing I saw under Pellegrini, which is guys just tapping the ball around out there. They don't care about staying up. They don't care about winning a trophy. They don't care about West Ham at all, with the exception of Mark Noble, who's getting old, and maybe Snodgrass uh, you know, and Declan Rice, certainly. With the exception of those guys, the rest of them don't care. I don't think – I think they know if we go down, they just get sold somewhere else anyway. It doesn't really matter. I, I mean – It doesn't matter. Hold on. You're right, but it doesn't matter how old Mark Noble is or how good or how bad he is or how if his legs are gone or not. One man can't carry the fucking team. No, he can and that's what he said. That's what he told Ian Abrahams, and he was right. He can't carry the team, and he, and he shouldn't be asked to. He, he, he's never been that type of player anyway. He's always been a captain. He's always been a leader. He's not a talisman. Do you know what I mean? He's not a Payet. He's not a – uh, he's not what Lanzini we thought we were, he was going to be for. He's not a Decanio. You know, he's not that kind. Of, he's not a Scott Parker. He's not that kind of guy. 
he's a captain, he's a leader, but he's not, he doesn't have the skill, you know, to be a, uh, to be a talisman. But I, I, what strikes me more than anything else is just a total lack of effort from the players. I don't know, Sally and Liam, if you guys have thoughts on that too. I mean, <laughs> if you're David Moyes, what do you do? I, I, they seem just to be totally unconcerned about what happens and just ready to be sold at the end of the season, I guess. Well, you can't rely on on transfers, right? <clears throat> you when not in you, January. Well, no. and what what are your other, what are your other options? We got to wait for people to get healthy. I mean, it's it sucks yeah. to say, and like, yeah, we we've got a couple run of matches coming up, Liverpool twice, where we really need those bodies on the pitch to to at least be able to try to hold our own. I mean, <laughs> Liverpool could put ten past us. You know, it's it, 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 it's. Honestly, it's it's getting yeah. dire. It's it's just dire. Not on my fucking watch. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> out there. He'll just jump onto the pitch and play center back like you did for Greater Wall one time. Yes, put him a five on my back. Hey, hey, hey man, just just yeah. show up. Just anyway, just right, show up in just show up in any any kit. Just run on the yeah. pitch. They'll they'll let oh you on it. I mean, honestly, Moyes will probably put you in, man. There's there's he's short on, he's short on options. So yeah. I want to see passion. I might not be the most technical player, but I got some passion. Yeah, yeah, I, I, at least I'll put in some fight. Tim's going out there just full-on body-checking people to the, <laughs> into, into, the, into the billboards. I'm, I'm down to watch that, man. That, I'm that, down that, to watch that, too. I'm I'm what have we got to lose? Like, really? Seriously. No. You know I mean? but that's, <laughs> we're solid. Take a smoke break. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's running around with a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. He's putting yeah. it on his own arm. Come on! <laughs> Let me take my hat off for a second and do a header in the fucking. Uh, he just put. He just turned it around. He's still wearing the hat, but his back. <laughs> nice. I'm down. But see, but I think Let's that's that, that's what it is, man. I think it, at this point, I I think Moyes' hands are tied. It's you got to make the best of of what you got, and then and hope that something you say or something something falls your way. I think I think we've been terribly unlucky this whole season, and you know I think. You just—it's got to be a matter of time before the ball falls our way. I think what happened in Bournemouth was absolutely the kind of luck that we need to happen, right? Where we need yeah. it to be where the, the the balls bounce our way after fifty-fifty challenges. The the um, the VAR goes our way, giving a penalty to Noble, and then also rescinding that red card to to Cresswell. I mean, like you know, you can't tell me we used up all our luck in one game. So there's yeah. there's got to be something that's going to break for us. I mean, it's. We can't count on the board. We haven't been able to count on the board in 10 years, so let's be honest. They're not going to come in and save us. Um, you can't rely purely on Noble. You need some of these other guys. And I hate to say it, but I think some of the foreigners need to step up. I think that the, the dressing room might be a little broken. Whoever right said now. you on the chat, Liam, sorry, but I was just no, going to no, 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 support your point. Somebody on here in the chat, I don't remember who it was, was saying we've got to get Lanzini going. And, and, and I, I agree. I mean, oh, I, uh, I, Essex I, Hammer. Yeah, I, I, sale, man. I do not think. I mean, I love. You can't get him going. I love the. You get him gone? Well, no. Get rid of him, or you mean get him like start him up, like a little. No, get him playing. Get him playing. Get him. I think he's had his chances, man. I I said it in the chat. Um, I think. I agree. What's 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 who's our other option? I mean, well, you put Fornals out there, sure, but I still think you've got to have an effective Lanzini, and I know he's not effective, and he's been frustrating me like crazy. But I mean, again. Who's our who's our sort of talisman in the middle? I, well, I, you, I with all the injuries we have too, right? I mean, but you you get the you get some of those boys back, right? And you tell me out of the out of a pick of four, if it's Antonio, uh, Anderson, Fornals, and what 
Wilshire? <laughs> like which is one Anderson, gonna... is Anderson Anderson's gone for like another few weeks? Well, start of February. He should only well, be out for another like week and a half at this point. So like ten games between now and the start of February. <laughs> right, pretty much. But, <laughs> more, but, I mean, you, but you you think about that. If, if you're if you're Moyes and you're picking somebody you know is gonna impact a game from the start, like it Lanzini, Anderson, or Antonio, like or Fornells, like who are you gonna put I in? Clearly we put Fornells. I've been saying Fornells all along. We all have you know, I'm not the only one to say that we all we all said Fornells. Yes, I agree. Oh, we gotta put Fornells and we poor guy, we gotta keep him in one fucking spot too. We can't yeah, keep, like Right, left, center, right, center, 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 right, left, center, and fucking say, oh, he just shit game on this shit because he doesn't know what he's playing. This is kind of what I'm getting at. They might have moved him all around, too. You can't drop eight players (laughs) because we don't have that many left. I mean, yeah, I'd love to draft everybody except for Noble, Rice, Ogbonna, and and, uh, maybe Snodgrass. You know, that'd be great. Can't do that. We don't have – well, I mean, okay, maybe, but we all know that that's – Risky, and even then, okay. There's there's Holland, there's Cullen. You could bring back out loans. How is it risky? Well, they you don't know you don't know if they're ready for the Premier League. You got damaged fucking goods on the first team right now. Not not doing jack shit except fucking fucking up all the time. So so you're wait, telling me. So, so think about this though. Look at Chelsea. Right, they had to play their youth because they weren't able to bring in players that they bought. And where is Chelsea yeah. on the table? Compared to where we are, it's because they yeah, have some faith in the academy. What is what is? It, I mean, let's be honest though about their academy compared to ours right now. I mean, I know we're we're, we're on an upswing here with some players. We don't know because we don't see them. We don't give them a chance. Pellegrini yeah. is not giving people chances. I'm I'm not against giving them chances. I just think if you're relying on them to come in and uh, say the season, did you know anybody on Chelsea's academy? Did you know if they were good yeah, or not? I don't know anything about Chelsea at all, except the manager. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what Chelsea, 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 Chelsea fans do what they have. They're real boys. They are real boys. Sip in the tea. That's true. No, what, what I'm saying is, I if you rely, if you think that three or four, and it, it wouldn't even be that many, if two or three young guys are coming up and save our season. I don't know. I, I don't so honestly. I kind of don't see it happening. I'm not saying don't give him a chance. I'm just saying if you think that's what's going to do it. We got the next Dean Ashton down there, man. Tony, well, Anthony Scully. I mean, yeah, should minutes. we see how he does in League One for a week or two before we start talking about bringing him back from loan? I mean, we're two. We're talking about two divisions down. Of course, we can't beat those clubs either, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> we couldn't beat Oxford either, so maybe uh, maybe that's our level. I don't know. Well, but they, but that would have been the chances to play the youth, right? Against Gillingham, that would have been the chances to blood some of the youth. It, even now with West Brom, give the kids that were going to go out there and fight instead of the guys that just played two games yeah. in the last week. You know what I mean? Like this would have been that opportunity to bring you up know some what's kids. Funny, Liam, in a weird way, in a weird way, I agree with you, but I didn't mind the strong lineups for the FA Cup matches because I Same. wanted I wanted to make a run. But you know what? You know what? <laughs> what the hell? Throw them out against Liverpool. Just put them out against the best team in Europe. See how they do. Oh, yeah, I think that's one of those tough spots, too, like with, uh, you know, the FA Cup games, because on one hand, you really want to do well, but on the other hand, you want to see what your youth can do. Um, specifically, one second. Specifically because, you know, like you said, what other chances are there? You know, the playing against a League One side like Oxford is the best time to bring those guys up, you know, especially because those are the kind of teams that they're going to go on loan and play against anyways. Um, but I agree. I, I really enjoyed the fact that we had a really strong lineup this past week. But at the same time, I think the players that are closest to first team aren't in our system anymore. They're on loan, which, again, didn't really make sense to me because we 
you know, all the injuries and whatever. Um, I get the lone move, but I don't think the timing was perfect because they could be playing for us right now. And hopefully, you know, I, I saw Ben Johnson sign an extension. That's great. Yeah. If he fit, put him in there. Um, yeah, I don't uh, think you know, he's sorry, extensions. Great to me. Like, why? Why do they? Why, why do? Why do we keep signing extensions on these kids if we're not going to give them the fucking time of day? Right. No. Exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, I think Holland signed a uh, extension too, or, or whatever the case may be. But at the yeah. same time. You know, it, it is one of those things. Chelsea had their going pains with the youth. You know, first game of the season got obliterated by Manchester United, and they were, you know, flirting between like 10 and 15 for a while, but now they're fourth. If league ended today, they're in the Champions League with the same team now. They started with the season, and they've had their injuries too, and then whatever the case may be. I mean, Pulisic hasn't been uh, healthy the entire time, and the gentleman that Pulisic was playing for, he's now back, uh, and he was hurt at the beginning of the season. But anyway, I mean, like you said, you, you won't know until you play them. You know, we can't always, like, what would be the point of the academy if we keep just signing other players to come in? Because at, at a certain point, you have to think, like, the academy players have to have some sense of, you know, where the fans are coming from, what what it means to play for the badge and stuff like that. And the fans want to see them, you know, down there, PL1, PL2, whatever the case may be. I mean, they're tearing it up, regardless if it's the next tier or two tiers down. Like Lee said earlier, you got to play who's in front of you, you know, and if you're playing against shit teams and you're beating them, it's better than playing against shit teams and being bad, you know. Cause <laughs> if, if it, Sully, I mean, one, one point that I think you make that, that's really good is that they do at least bring a winning mentality because they've been winning. Right, yeah. He clearly doesn't have that. We have this loser mentality around the first team. I know it comes down from the board. I get that. But you know what? Listen, let's be honest. We're not the board are not going to sell anytime soon. All right, no. protest. You do whatever you want. It, it, it's not bad to show to show your opinion and voice. You know how you feel. It's not bad, to, but they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. All right? right. No, and and that's the thing too. If you bring some youth in, you know, let's say if we had Holland, uh, Coventry, and, and Johnson, you know, let's just say those three specifically. You know, one thing that you can always say, you know, the youthful exuberance, one, they're going to come in and want to prove that they're worthy of first team play, whether it's every game or they're on the bench. You know, as long as they make selection, they're going to want to prove that. And then you also have the other hand of that, too, which is like they don't know any better than to just like the team sucks, but they're not going to play like that. You know, you could have eight other people play like crap, but those three are going to put a shift in. And then it might trickle over. You know, Rice, you know, is going to do his best to put a shift in. Noble, if he plays. And I'll give you Antonio, too. Antonio, I don't think, well, Snodgrass, too. But Antonio is another player who, no matter what it is, dude was hurt for forever, came back on and, you know, hasn't missed a step. You know, so I think the loan moves were kind of odd. I wouldn't have made them personally. I would have called them up, you know, because what do you have to lose at that point? You know. The word on the street that got me is that it was Scully and, um, what's his name, uh, Coventry actually had the best attitude and work rate. Nathan Holland, on the other hand, I mean, he, he has probably the most talent on the squad, mm-hmm. but yet he, they're afraid that he might, you know, I mean, he's got a, he's got a better head on his shoulders than Nick Ravel Morrison did, but they're saying that out of that lot, he would be more like a, more likely to have a, you know, less of a work rate, you know what I'm saying? It was on training, et cetera. So I would say you would have to throw Scully in that mix because he's also scored more goals than Nathan Holland did even in the reserves and was having, you know, had just as many assists. So, I mean, as a striker. So, 
Um, anyway, I, that, that's one that I feel like we missed the boat on. But Ben Johnson is another one that, you know, now that he's, I, I think he's healthy now. Is he healthy yet? I believe so. I, should I, be. But here's the problem that we have with, the, with bringing the youth in, and it, it's kind of contradicting myself, is that one of the, like, the players like, you know, um, Anderson and, and Lanzini and, and all these other guys, that their positions could at, you know, actually be at stake bringing these kids in. How do they treat them in training? Like they're like, oh yeah, come on up, buddy. Let's let's uh, let's have a good time training. Or they're like, oh shit, these guys are gonna take my job. Well, that's you know, yeah. We're having a shit time. Well, I think it would put a fire yeah. under their ass to to put in more yeah. effort. You know, because I mean, regardless of how you feel about it, if you're Anderson and you have Holland and Coventry coming up for your spot, you're not gonna practice loose. You're not gonna play scared. You know, you're gonna say, okay, it's nice that you're here, kid, but this is my spot, and I'm going to show you why. You know, I mean, granted, that might not be you know the case every time, but you would like to think that. You know, if, if they're going to practice like crap and play like crap because, oh, somebody's taking my spot. Okay, bye. We'll see you, you know, whatever. And <laughs> competition for a spot should make the team healthier. You're right, mm-hmm. Sally. Yeah. It should. But when the top team is toxic, how does that even work? You know what I'm saying? When our players just suck and they they can't – they don't suck. They're all great talents. But they well, can't – That's when you – team. You're, I'm going to make the argument you were making earlier. I'm going to switch places with you. When the top team is toxic, maybe you maybe you sit him. You just sit him and you say, "Look, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down fighting, right? We're not going to go down shrugging our shoulders. We're not going to go down doing what we've been doing the last uh, few months. Really, we're going to we're going to go down fighting. When we put Ben Johnson in against Manchester City last season, he had a great game. One game, I get it. I know we lost that game. We shouldn't have bogus penalty uh, against Declan. But anyway, the point is, you know. League champions that season. He played well. The team played well. Should have been a draw. Um, good performance. You know, I know, just one game, but still. That's part of me. There's part of me that wants to contradict everything I've said and say, you know what, just throw them out against Liverpool. Just bring them all back and put like six youth guys out and say, who cares? If we lose 12 0, you know, let's lose with guys who are at least going to fight. Let's not lose with guys who are going to be gone in, in, in five months. Yeah. It's just going to crush the comments even more, right? Well, but, I mean, I mean, if, we, if you're our, our top team and they get fucking slammed 12 0, it'll crush any hopes we have of actually getting them to fight. And I think you know, yeah, but look at it. Look at a Jenny, you guys. Like, think about you know he gets the run out in the uh, the West Brom game. I honestly thought he was probably one of the better players in the field in terms of work rate, in terms of effort that was that was getting put out. Like, but yeah, maybe the maybe challenge. the, the <laughs> talent, the finishing wasn't yep. there. But dude, yeah. I've I've had more minutes on the pitch than he has. Like, that weren't even meant for him. Yeah. He cut off like three passes that weren't even meant for him. But like, Allaire was behind him like three times. No, that, that probably would have been a goal, and he fucked all three of them up. But think about what you said earlier, man. Like, why? Why is there a disconnect if they're if they're having all this good times and practice and whatnot? They yeah. get out on the onto the field, and there's no connectivity because it's not the same eleven dudes every time. There's yeah. no consistent yeah. starting eleven that these guys can build that chemistry. Positions. They play like Fornals plays a different position every every every, every fucking time. Yeah. And even yeah. with yeah. even with Alaire and a Jetty, neither one of them knew. Okay, are you the false nine? Am I the false nine? Are we playing paired? Are we pinching in from the from the wings? Like none of them had any fucking clue of what's going on. So to 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 give him at least the the benefit of the doubt of like, hey man, you run him out a couple more times, and yeah. if he fights the way that he fought in that game. Dude, that's a spine you can work with. If you've yeah, got Diop and Ogbonna, 
and then you've got Rice and Noble, Snodgrass, and a Jetty, and you have that as kind of that spine. Fuck, I don't care what happens on the wings. <laughs> Those guys will own the center of the park. That'll okay. disrupt Liverpool left, a, right, and center. He's an experienced player. He's not he's not an old guy, but he's he's not a youth player either. I mean, I think Essex is making, for you honest here, some good points about relying too much on youth. We did it when Sam was here. It didn't work. It hasn't worked for Liverpool. Yes, it's worked for Chelsea, but they also have a, a very strong supporting cast that we don't have. And, unfortunately, what appears to be a pretty good manager, <laughs> Frank Lampard, right. who should have been one of ours, but that goes back 20-plus uh, years and nothing to do about it now. Um, but, yeah, I, no, I, I, I think I think <laughs> the argument with, with youth is always, um, in a practical sense, it's always kind of hopeful. I feel as though it rarely works out the way we want it to work out. Uh, not saying never, but it's it's nothing's working. Man. You know, but, no, nothing's it's working. It's not it's not working as it is. So. So the point is, if we're going to go down anyway, let's go down with guys who are going to be here next season. First of all, you know, give them some Premiership experience, right? They're, this is the argument to me. They're going to be here. They're youth players. They're they are under contract. You know, it's it's likely they'll play for us in the Championship if we go down. Let them play against the top. Uh, let them play against Liverpool, and Manchester City, and and you know and Tottenham and Ars- Arsenal will get that experience, and, and and let them go out and put out some effort. On the other hand, as you said, Tim, and again, I'm, we're not trying to decide anything here. I'm just throwing out arguments. On the other hand, yeah. if you put them out against Liverpool, they lose twelve nil, and yeah, you know, and, and and a couple guys, couple guys get injured, and all of a sudden it's like, what do you do when you're destroying the academy? So. You know, I don't know, but but I will say that there is a culture of negativity and a culture of losing that we have to break, we have to snap. And I thought Moyes would be able to do that, and he hasn't. I'm still seeing it from the players, uh, and I I don't blame him right now because he's only been in charge for like six weeks or something like that. Not even uh, however long it's been, uh, three weeks. Um, but I, I don't I don't see us breaking that culture of losing. And I don't know if maybe the way to do that is to get some younger guys in to challenge for positions. I don't know. But something's yeah. got to give because that can't go on forever. No, I agree. And then one thing that, you know, Liam was saying earlier, well, everybody honestly was saying earlier, is I think, you know, you can see that he genuinely, at least specifically for the, the West Brom game, he did put in a strong side. I think, you know, uh, granted seeing uh, Sanchez's name in there wasn't uh, the brightest of things, but, you know, to go in there with two strikers, which is one thing that we've been saying forever, and then that didn't work out. It's like, okay, well, that's not on him because he tried it. You know, and then just go on and, and so forth. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it, there there is some that can't all be put on him. I mean, obviously he's not completely innocent. Nobody is at this point. But at the same time, I think, um, I dang, I just had a point too. I, I completely forgot it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just moving forward, like do the like how were you saying earlier? Championship. Uh, if we get moved down, we're going to have to play the youth. But I think it's because we're not going to have a choice but to play the youth because who's going to want to come and play for us at that point? You know, you're going to have a manager that's going to be in the last year of his contract. More than likely, is going to be signed again. Shouldn't be. And then, yeah, and I'll tell you, this is Richard. This is my concern too. This is starting to look like a Portsmouth. We're starting to look like a Leeds, and I know they're probably coming back down for a long time. These are a huge club, been down for like 15 yeah. years. You know, it's like Nottingham yeah. Forest. Nottingham Forest is one in Europe. Yeah. Where have they been? Right. The yeah. Forest, Sunderland. I mean, Villa went down for a long time before they came back. Yeah. We're on a long list. Um, we, we are in that position right now. If we go down, I see us right. not coming right back the way we did before because we don't have 
the owners who don't have the investment, and the players will not come, as you said, Sully. They won't play, right. they won't play for a guy who's about to be out of his contract. They won't play for a club where, where there's just this culture of negativity and, you know, it's, 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 it's a, we're in real grave danger right now. And as Americans, so is, it, it's simple, is it as simple as if we're just not playing? I mean, I'm sorry, we're playing too many different players. All you know, We're never playing the same players over and over again. Is that what it is that we guys are saying? Or is it that, no, or it could no. be that, you know, the players are also protesting the owners and don't want to play for them or what the, like what? It's infrastructure, what it? man. Like you guys all watch the, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure everybody saw like the two minute segment that people were reposting from Sunday mm-hmm. Supplement. But right. you go yeah. on and you actually watch. Like, well, the guy the whole, was right. Dead on. Dead yeah, on. the whole 10 minute segment that they talk about it. They talk about infrastructure and they talk about how our training grounds are basically a bunch of porta bins. It's like a, a fucking trailer park. That, yeah, and I, the, there's one scout that's actually on the books because David Sullivan likes to work with agents because they stroke his ego. Oh, right, they sit there and, and that, tell him that's how great he is. I that's one thing too that's really fr- frustrating is one thing that we've all said for the longest time is how the fans seem to know everything that's going wrong, yep. except for the owners. And now that's starting to trickle out, you know, with the the gentleman that Liam was talking about, what Mark Noble was saying. Uh, I'm sure some of you guys listen to the uh, Men and Blazers podcast. Every time they talk about West Ham, there's a chuckle when they yeah. bring up West Ham because they're like, what's even going on there? You know, I saw a picture too today on Twitter of uh, a caricature of the London stadium with um, a circus, yeah. uh, circus yeah. pop-up yeah. over that. Like it's, it's true. You know, it's like, I, I understand. Um, and I don't want people who have been a fan longer than me to get what I'm going to say mixed up. But a lot of the issues that people have with the stadium, I understand that, it, it sucks and it hurts and it's based off a bunch of lies that we moved. But if we were still playing like that at the Bolin, the same issues, the protests, all that stuff were still going to be the same. It just sucks because now that, that just puts fuel to the fire. It's okay. Well, you moved us to a stadium that A, we don't own. B, you said it's going to be completely different than the way that it is. And there's no atmosphere. Well, a lot of the atmosphere comes from the production on the pitch, which is granted an extension from what happens up in the boardroom. So it's a perfect storm of crap, you know, and, and, um, and it, it you know, it, it's, it sucks. You know, I'm a Colorado Rockies fan and we suck, <laughs> right? All the time. And it's, right. And it, the only reason why, go ahead. They have to move, bottom line. No, no, no. There was no reason. There no, right. No, they're, they're, our is the time, so our opportunity right. to make money off of the daddy. No, they, okay. no, no I, I agree. I don't think that I don't think we had a move then. But let's let's say, for example, if we were having. Pre- no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm not sure if we could have. Party's still around, dude. That ain't going anywhere either. You know what I'm right. saying? Like this. Is the whole, first of all, I hate Fenway Park. First of all, I hate Fenway Park. I love the whole. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not my point. I, I hate it too. Well, I fucking don't care about baseball anymore. Man. I don't care about anything except West Ham. Anyway, thirty-five thousand. Right. The whole thirty-five thousand people. I mean, this is. A, listen, the problem to me with the stadium. There are three problems with the stadium. One. It, it wasn't what we expected. And I don't know whether the owners lied to us or they just got it wrong. It doesn't really matter. It was, it was supposed to, it was supposed it to be work out. a football stadium and it's not, it's an athletic stadium. That's, right. that's the first problem. Uh, the second problem is <laughs> the second problem is that we haven't played good football. In that stadium, right? right. I mean, and, and I really believe we didn't play good football in the last fucking stadium. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Well, but we did in the last season. And I'm just, I, I think I still believe that the biggest hole that was ripped in this club 
in, in the last few years was when was when Dimitri Payet left us, and instead of being contenders for Europa League in 2016-17, everything fell apart. Everything mm. fell apart. And I, I promise you, I guarantee you, I know people would have been disappointed by the stadium, but if we'd finished top six that season, which looked like a possibility, if we had made a Europa League run into the proper group stages, maybe into the into the knockout rounds, I promise you people would have said, the stadium's not great, but, you know what I mean? I don't love the running track, but, I mean, it's all, to me, it's all been about what has happened on the pitch, and it's been about a guy who was going to be our next legend, our most beloved player in, in a couple of decades, taking off unceremoniously, and, and and never being replaced, and every we've been looking for that Messiah ever since, and he's not out there. And I'm telling you, I genuinely believe is people wouldn't love the stadium. I say they love the stadium. I'm saying if we were a top six club, they wouldn't care as much about the claret carpet and the running track and the weird funky stands. It would be like it sucks, but hey, who cares? Look what we put on the pitch. The problem is always, always the performance on the pitch. It always is. You guys, you have to remember, okay? Go back and look at some of Vinny's clips on, on Twitter, Vinny WHUFC. Go back and look at, at games at the Bolin in the 80s and 90s when there were like 18,000 people there or 21,000 people there. It wasn't full. It wasn't even close to full. There were huge, you know, swaths of empty seats, even at the Bolin. Everybody thinks that it was like that last season or it was like the 1980 FA Cup run. It was like 1986. It wasn't always like that. I'm sorry. I Listen, for all you, you know, in England, if I'm speaking out of turn, I apologize. But you know it's true if you've been around long enough. You know it's true. It wasn't always like that. It wasn't always Fortress Bolin. There were half empty games there. There was the bond scheme under Terry Brown. There were a lot of things that happened that that were not perfect when we were in that ground. And as much as we all miss it, and I think you know, I wish we still had it, I'm telling you, the Olympic Stadium wouldn't be as big of a deal if we weren't sitting 17th and about to go down and knocked out. It wouldn't be as big of a deal if the owners, right? If they just didn't say what they said. I agree with that too. Totally. Here's the reasons why we got to do this, and instead of just staying there. But no, they. It's just that they nothing came true. Not nothing that they said came true. Okay. So, okay. And, and at the same time, at the same time, they couldn't predict. Listen, there was certain things about the stadium that they were told could be done as well. Okay, there were things that they were told that could be done. That when it came time to get these things done, move the stadium, the pitch. I'm sorry, the seats closer to the pitch and, and uh, the retractable seating and all that bullshit. Um, it ended up not being able to get done. All right, so they were fucking lied to too. I'm not giving them too much. I'm not covering their ass at all, but I'm. I'm I'm just saying that they shouldn't just they should just shut the fuck up, right? They should just Well they've just never done that. They still allow these well, I know, but listen <laughs> Sullivan is just he's just the guy is just he's fixed our death situation in a way. Right? In a way. I'm saying in a way because we're still but they, but it could have been Tony Fernandez. Tony Fernandez could have done the same fucking thing. But, you know, he could have taken us out of that debt too. Anybody with that, that kind of money could have taken us out of that. So they, the one thing that they're clinging on to, right, um, as their champion, is like, hey, we did this, and yes, we moved to a world class stadium. Oh my god, um, uh, you know that's that's just still bullshit because anybody could have done. Wait, it. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw something else out there. Yeah, we didn't have to. Period. We didn't have to. Nobody we didn't have to. to. I'm gonna throw something else out there that we can all think about that you discuss if you want to, but it, it really doesn't matter because it's never it didn't happen. <laughs> what if we'd gone into administration uh, when when uh, before they bought the club? What if we after the Icelandics went bankrupt? What if we'd just been bumped down oh, to yeah. the club? Where do you think we'd be now? 
I have no idea. We may still be floating around with Port yeah. Sutherland. Just um, depends on who would have picked up the tab, right? No, so, so I, think, I think I've talked about it before. So Cork City FC in Ireland uh, had a similar thing go down where the ownership, uh, the, you know, the, the last big investor ownership, they they lied about the uh, the investments that they had. Ultimately, club went into administration. They were going to go down. The supporters banded together and put in a bid to own their own team. So Cork City FC is owned by its supporter group. So there's a board of representatives that are voted yeah. on for the for uh, the Green the Packers. Everything, everything is managed and handled internally by the supporters of the club. That's uh, that's uh, the club we love. That's Wimbledon. That's Wimbledon now. That's, yeah. And I'm not saying that that would have worked for us, but I'm not, uh, but what I am saying is that just because these guys stepped in does not mean that this club was going to fold otherwise. There was always going to be somebody else that could do it. These, yeah, guys, these guys were ousted from Birmingham City yeah. because they did the same stupid shit they're doing with us. They did they're not the invest. They, still the championship. Yeah. Yep. they did not build infrastructure. They allowed the team to falter. They allowed the team to drop. And the fans had had enough. The, Sullivan and Gold both said, oh, well, they looked at us with hatred in their eyes and vitriol, and we shouldn't be treated like that. Oh, we're going to go buy another club. It's like they didn't learn their lesson the first time around. They, they you, lied to us, and they run the club like yes. it, it's, just, it's an absolute joke the way they run the club. No, no self-respecting business person anywhere would run the club the way they run the club, allowing all the leaks they allow. Uh, just with the, the sloppy management, nobody would have nobody would have a, a director of the club or CEO or whatever she is bashing employees in the press. Nope. I'm not saying we should never have signed Snodgrass. I mean, it's, it's Karen Brady is an astonishing force of nature to me. How anybody thinks she's a great business person, I have no idea. Why she's on Shark Tank in the UK, I have no idea. Why is it? Why does anybody think she's yes? What has she ever done? Because well, they treat us like we're she's the black widow. Right. She, you know, they, black they, widow. She kills. Yeah, no. She she, she looks at she looks at us like we're consumers. That's it. We're not supporters of the. Of the, the club. Spreadsheet, man. And that's that's one thing that's frustrating too. And I know we've kind of made the point in the past. Um, right, West Ham is 110% a club that it's a working man's club, right? If you will, especially where it comes from, you know, the it, ironworks it, and all it, that. It's not a working man's game anymore, Sully. That's part of the problem. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And, and it's, it's quite evident with the players that we have now. But on that, on the other side of that coin, I don't think it would be incredibly hard to go and find players that actually want to. I mean, look at, look at Sheffield, right? Who at the beginning of the season you couldn't name one player on their team, and now they're sitting what fifth right now because those players yeah. play for each other, play for that badger for the fans. You know, I think they had they had an outstanding away record until they went and played. I think against like Liverpool or Chelsea on the road, they hadn't won a they hadn't lost a game away from home in over like a calendar year, which was incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously it ended up helping them move up to the Prem. Um, but that, that's the thing that's crazy is, you know, the owners. No, it's true. I'm sorry. Right. No, no, no. You're, you're good. He's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's just one of those things where it sucks because as fans, regardless of who's owning it on the pitch, you that's where no atmosphere comes from is why would I want to put my emotions on the line for people that don't even get paid $80,000 a week to play soccer or football. Excuse my, <laughs> excuse my French. Um, you know, it's a, to play a game, yeah, and you're going to sit here and not put in any effort, and I'm going to sit here and you know spend half my paycheck on a on a ticket, you know, season ticket. Why would I have any incentive to go? 
you know, and then you have owners who are like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to do this, that, and the other. I mean, I, I agree. On one hand, if we had never moved and the football was still bad, you know, nobody you still have the same issues, bored out, whatever. And then at the new stadium, like I said, and not to get another stadium argument, but the fact that there were lies based on moving doesn't help anything, you know? So uh, it's incredible. I don't know whether I can't tell whether they lied or just didn't know, but it doesn't really matter because it's their job to be better than that. It's their job. Yeah. Well, with, with the video and I know Karen Brady is not the best subject to talk about ever, but with the video that she put out, or I'm assuming it's just, she was a spokesperson for the board or whatever that they put out talking about everything that was going to happen. Like as a fan, especially coming off the season we came off of, which I think helped a lot. Why would you not be excited for that? You know, I, I had a conversation with a uh, with um with Gaz actually when I first met him uh, when we were working in England, and he was telling me about the stadium. You know, it was one of those things. <laughs> I, I believe uh, I don't want to get his words wrong, and I know he'll correct me if I do get him wrong. But I know he was pretty excited because he was saying there's going to be a few things that's going to happen soon with the team that is going to make it better. Right, new stadium. Yeah. The new new owners, which hasn't happened yet, but he was saying something to the you know some prince who has nothing but oil fields under his name, going to come in, buy the team out. You know, we're going to get a brand new stadium that's going to be appealing to everybody in the middle of London, everybody. I mean, players and such. Um, and you know, we're going to play at top level. Now, moving in, Udithai was right on track. You know, uh, was, seventh was place. Yes. Yeah, and then and then you know we moved to the stadium. You know, for the first year, you know, okay, we can't play our first four games here lie number one you know or whatever and and you know with the with the businesses and whatever there has to be a certain point where if it's not going to be called a lie you have to sit here and look at it like okay well who lied to you to lie to us you know because who who allowed you to believe the fact that we were gonna that it was just gonna be our own stadium you know and then who else was gonna sit here what did gary say something Oh, these guys—they're cutting oh, up. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't—I don't have it up on my screen, so I don't know what they're saying. But yeah, no, it's—it's it's, it's just crazy. And, and, they're just saying uh, when it comes to Karen Brady, gender is fluid. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Well, and and that's the thing too is you know it's. I think that goes into why people don't like the board is because if they were able to get duped into pretty much spending money on getting the stadium and, and you know, being lied to, to in turn lie to us, then that doesn't help. And, and as, as we've all said, I really think, I think if they had said, I've always said from the very beginning, if they had said, look, this stadium is about Premier League survival, which we don't even get, that's the worst part. But if they, yeah. said, if they had cut all this, uh, all this talk about, we're going to be top six, we're going to be... Because if you look at the, I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but somebody posted, somebody sent us a message this week, Tim, on uh, on Facebook Messenger. I think it was Ray sent a chart of the wages, uh, mm. the wage bill yeah. for each for Premier League club. And granted, we're not at the bottom, but we're you know we're in like the lower third. I yeah, mean, we're sitting in the middle. Yeah, we're sitting, the, the, we're sitting like below half, I think. Yeah. But if you look at where, if you look at the top four, five, six, I mean, these are astronomical wages. These clubs are playing way higher than ours. So we were never going to be at that level, even with a new stadium. To me, if they'd said, this is about Premier League survival, right? <laughs> I gotta, I'm sorry, this is too funny. This is about Premier League survival. This is about ensuring that we stay in the Premier League. This is about ensuring that we have – that's what they should have said from the beginning, is you can't stay up with an old – 
35,000 seat ground that's falling apart. You know, instead they told us you're going to get to the next level and, and it was never going to happen because it's not, it's not enough. It's not enough. They don't have the money. It's not enough. You know, so they shouldn't have said stuff like that. They should have said, this is about being a, a Premier League club for the next 20 years instead of this is about being in the top six or in the top four or whatever. But that wouldn't have excited anybody. It would have been too honest. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Honestly, that's probably what we needed. We needed them to come back out and say, look, this is what we were told that we were going to be able to uh, do retractable seats and blah, blah. This is the reasons why. If you guys don't like it, make sure that you put your complaints into this company because they're the ones that initially told us yes. I don't care if it's deflection, but you come out and you you say honestly. Show some transparency, right. We had had at least least tell us that they're working on it. Here's the problem. It seems as though they've just swept it under the rug and said, okay, well, they said we couldn't, so forget Okay, next... Next, yeah, exactly. you know, they're, they're still trying to get the issue. They're saying, "Oh, we're still fighting our big guys." We're ten years on. How many of their of their promises, the ten year plan? How many did they actually hit? We went through this KUMB. It's like three promise, and they hit like three of them. Yeah, and even then, with qualified success, you know what I mean? Qualified, like like. Okay, they reduce the debt, but they're also draining us with their high interest loans. You know, even Mike Ashley took out no interest loans. Yeah, no, no it's, gave the club no interest loans. I mean, everybody hates Mike Ashley. He's a better owner than than we have. Yeah, and and the the thing is, even after Mike Ashley's finally gone and Newcastle gets a board that actually cares about that and invests, they still have their fucking stadium. I know <laughs> they took something not, from us. They can never give back. No. That's so what, can, that's what we'll do a trade. Always have Tony, Tony Fernandez, and then we'll send the other ones. We'll send our owners to QPR. Can we do I'm a down. trade. I'm down. Own because, because they'll they'll help they'll help QPR get out of the this road because that's a big issue because they can they can't grow any bigger at that stadium. Similar to what you know we were dealing with the Bowen, so they would love that. They would love to see if they can get them a new stadium somewhere, and, and we, we can let them deal with it. We haven't since we came to London Stadium. We have not. But, had a season where we were not in a relegation battle at at least one point during the season. Fernandez is a West Ham fan is the reason why I'm saying that. And that's the reason why I think a lot of fans wish that we had him instead. It was really that he was in the running. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? He grew up with. If we got, if we got like, uh, if we got, if we're going to take maybe five more minutes, why don't we just throw this out there? All right. Why don't we just do this? Hang on. Let me, uh, let me pull it up here. Uh, these, these rumors uh, resurface over and over again. And uh, I'm sure it'll never happen, but it's always a fun thing to discuss. The um, the Red Bull rumors. Here we go. Now Hub City, Hub City Hammers. First of all, I will never know how Red Bull makes that much money off of a sugary caffeine drink. They own most Formula One teams. They own football clubs. They own. Uh, it's astonishing what Red Bull owns around the world off of a off of a you know an energy drink. Anyway, um, so let's do it. Would you be okay? With the club being called West Ham Red Bull or Red Bull West Ham, I'm sure they wouldn't even let us have that because they, they, they go through and they sweep clear of everything. Yeah, it ended uh, up being Red Bull London. but That's you know. what it would be to be yeah. red and white, and that's because that's how they do it. That's their brand. They don't mess around with that stuff. That's why they make so much money. So, uh, Would you be okay with it? Would you be okay just to have GSB out? Would you be okay with Red Bull West Ham, West Ham Red Bull, Red Bull London, whatever? God, how did anybody would say yes? say yes? This is insane. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you why 67% of those people said yes. is because look at the German League right now and look at who's sitting in first place of the German League. And it's Red Bull, whoever that team is, right? Leipzig. Who, Leipzig, Leipzig yeah. yeah. They are sitting in first place above us. 
what the German league is really only a two or three team race period. You yeah, know, I mean, there are four teams that get in champions league, but only two of them really contend ever. But anyway, good turnout. But, 779 votes. Holy shit. That's pretty good. For that's what I'm saying. It's a lot of people. If, yeah. Right. If, if they did buy West Ham, I don't, Honestly, think that there would be any way that you might get Red Bull in the front of the shirt instead of Betway. Fine, okay, that's cool. But I don't think yeah. I don't. The badge might change to something, but I don't think you'd ever really get Red Bull West Ham or Red Bull London because if if that happened, the the, the support for the team would leave, and that's just period. That's what but if they did buy the team and supported it, and maybe changed the the like I said the the company in the front and pumped money into this team like how they do. Uh, in Germany, you know, cool. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what happens to all the good teams, right? You get owners who have money, who make money, who put money back into the club, totally. you know, and, and, you know, advance on stadiums, on training facilities, on players, on youth development, whatever the case may be. So, it's I mean, a they, handful of years to do it, though. I mean, don't, it's not like it just happened overnight, though. No, no, no. They, yeah, they yeah, I mean, uh, League of Three, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but look, look how long it took him to get from that level to first place now. It only took not even 10 years. In the same time frame that, the, that GSB has owned West Ham, they are now first place of the German League, you know, essentially. Now, granted, I mean, if we go down one, if we go down a league, that's going to suck. But I think at the same time, um, as long as we get an owner that cares, and that's, I, don't, I can't sit here and say that Red Bull cares about Leipzig. At the end of the day, it's just money to them probably. But at the same time, you know, there's still, I mean, what are we going to do? Get, oh, man, City has owners that, you know, pump money into it. Well, that's football. Congratulations, 2020. You can't win if you don't spend. So <laughs> I just wonder, like, if we were winning, like Lee was saying, mm-hmm. I mean, would we be GSB out? Would there be so much outrage in this GSB out? No, no, no. 2016, nobody cared at all about the board because guess what? We were competing for Europe. You know, the the board started, and I think honestly, it was just a bunch of luck. I mean, the Dimitri Payet just turned out to be a god amongst boys. You know, that season. You know, yeah. who, who was the last time we had somebody nominated for the Ballon d'Or? Never, probably. Probably never. Yeah. Um, you know, and then and and then he left. I mean, he honestly, essentially, had one good year here. And then he left, and now he's fat, and we're talking about bringing him back. Oh, look, Payet. Yeah. The funny <laughs> ones that it's sponsored by Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, yeah. Like, he's been hitting the bouillon bays in Marseille pretty hard now. I still right. take him. I take him and I take Tevez rather than having well, Tevez would, go back to yeah. Brand well, if, you see those yeah. rumors? I would take him. I take him. I take him. I take Right. If 2016 fired into now and we were still flirting with top seven positioning, I don't think there'd be as much talk. Maybe just a talk in not spending in January. Like, what is the board doing? But just hold on a second. So, but are you guys? So hold on a second. Are you guys ready for this? I mean, seriously, (laughs) that's what they'll do. No, that's what they do. But that's what they do. Listen, if if like you're saying, so basically, if if Piat never left, right? Mm He'd be the same age as he is right now. So what the fuck? Are we calling him old and fat and all this other shit. No, right? I, agree. I agree. He would have been at this club still. I, you know what I'm saying? So if he had to I bring him back. So he he's still playing. Yeah. He's still playing. Right. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not, Just I'm not trying to take away the fact that he's. Everybody's like, oh, you shit now because you left us. Oh, you shit. Yeah, no, no, I'm not trying to say that he wouldn't be who he is today, but you can see that there was definitely a production drop-off when he went back to France. Yeah. You know, so uh, and and I'm not trying to put it. 
Look at the stats, man. He's still fucking doing the same shit that he did. He's the same amount of goals, same amount of assists as he was doing. Listen, let's not pretend he'd be who he was before, not as a player, but as a talisman. It wouldn't be the same. I know. Because he's a good player. Because he's a good player. He'd be somebody you turn up to the pitch to see play. Yeah, maybe they would want to fuck off because they don't want to play with him. Which is great because now we can get rid of the fuckheads that were still here at the bowl end that are useless and they're not doing shit. So fuck them. See you later. Bye. Anyway, so maybe it would be a good reason to get them the fuck out of here. Just bringing in some old faces that no one likes. Bring back Arnie. Fuck it. I don't care anymore. I really don't care anymore. Um, I'm just going to see you all guys in London. I have to jet because it's way past my time. But you guys can keep <laughs> on going and wrap things up. But uh, listen, like one last thing I got to say before I leave. Uh, well, first of all, uh, nice seeing you, Liam. Um, you too, Tim. <laughs> and, uh, you we became the Brady Bunch. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Lee, always good talking to you too. So, right. um, yeah. right. <laughs> anyway, everybody in the chat, listen, the chat room was fucking beautiful tonight. On fire. I, I was, yeah. I was laughing. So I loved it so much. But anyway, um, you'll see me tomorrow night at eight o'clock um, with uh, some familiar faces, and then uh, I'm off to London, and I'll see you guys there. And if you see me, remember, come find me because I got some scars. American Amish TV scuffs, right? And uh, I'm hopefully going to bring some uh, some winning culture. Otherwise, they can do what Redknapp did with the fan, and they can bring me on the pitch and have been suit me up and put me out there, and I'll uh, make sure that... Played for Greater Lowell. Remember you played for Greater Lowell? I did. I played semi-pro football. Yes, he did. He played semi-pro football. He's got a resume. I'm, I was there. I saw it. It happened. So. Get, your agent, get your agent to talk to Sullivan. He doesn't talk exactly. to scouts. So just <laughs> agent. All right, but anyway, continue I'll see you later, guys. All right. You know what? It's about as good time as I need to stop, unfortunately, guys, because uh, I got to make lunches for the boys and do all the Sunday night stuff I always do. So Uh, I got a little crazy tonight. Uh, (laughs) A lot of people are envisioning me naked, apparently, which is, uh, (laughs) I mean, you know. They usually? I was going to say, I would hope they always do. (laughs) I would, would, uh, and yeah, I never wear pants, in case you're wondering. I never wear pants. Uh, That's why I'm always from the, you know. With it's a beard like that and hair like that, you were wearing a kilt, bro. I think yes. right. Yeah, all the way. Correct. Yes, exactly. Yeah, always, always. Well, you got to, you know, it's like you got to keep the cooling going down there. That's right. Um, it's hot. It's getting it's get hot sitting in front of these computers, you know? This is interesting. I did not know this, and I'd wonder who the other three are. I don't know how, the, how long the Ballon d'Or has been around, to be honest. Oh, wow. Appreciate uh, you looking that up. I, yeah, thanks, Weston, for looking that up. I don't know how long it's been around, but I guess you'd have to come up with somebody like Bobby Moore or... Surely DeCanio was never nominated. He was never that global a star, I don't think. Um, I don't know. I, don't well, know. I think the Ballon d'Or is as much as impact on the field as, as it is of like how you, the team kind of rallies around you, you know, which is why I think 2016 was such a special year is because, you know, he was playing at such a high level that it just boosted everybody else up, you yeah. know, I think, which is amazing. And I don't think we don't, we don't really have somebody like that, you know, we right now. Met another one like that. That's to me the biggest problem is we've never found that person again. I feel as though we had it with Scott Parker, and I, the season we went down, he got injured at the end of the season, and he missed the last four or five games at least, and we were just lost. You know, mm-hmm. I think we were very good anyway. But I mean, I think he might have kept us up. We had it with Scott Parker, and then uh, you know we had a really awful, awful team around him for a long time, but he kept us up. Uh, and then we had, uh, oh, Moorhurst. Well, this makes sense. I mean, if this is the answer, this makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, of course, that makes total sense. Yeah. So, yeah, all, all in that, that same era. Uh, and, and I think, um, 
so yeah, he, he can, and you know, we had, we obviously we had Payette was our talisman. If you go back far enough to some of West Ham's better days, you had DeCanio. If you go back to the eighties, you had like Alan Devonshire and, and Tony Cotty and, and Frank McAvaney. We just don't have that player anymore. We thought it was going to be Lanzini. Right. Then uh, we don't have one. Antonio, when he's about, healthy, but he's not. He hasn't proven to be that guy. So. But think about even from from the front, right? Like when was the last time we had somebody that scored over twenty goals in a season? Right, Marlon Harewood. Marlon fucking Harewood. Was like, it Marlon Harewood really? Yeah, in like I want to say what the two thousand four season. Like that's back how long it's been. Yeah, go back at least Yeah, you well, know what. And- you know what our, our biggest scorer was the last two seasons? Marko Arnautovic with 11 goals both seasons. Yeah. Like, th- th- we, we don't – we cannot defend well, and we do not put the ball in the back of the net. Like, this is – Nothing's ever not bad. But it's the inability for them to identify the players that we need. And right now we have a squad that has been built over the last three managers. We've still got guys that are left over from – yeah, from Allardyce, to be honest with you, like from Allardyce all the way to oh. to Billich, to Moyes, to Pellegrini, back to Moyes. Like this is not a squad that any one person had put together. Noble played for Noble goes back a long way. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right. There's no consistency. Look at what Manchester United did for all those years under Ferguson, and I know he was a force of nature, but he brought in that class of '92, and then he built the club around that. Yeah, yeah. and there well, was, and. For One years. thing I was going to say too is kind of earlier how we were talking about consistency, right? With 2016, you almost knew exactly who was going to play every week. You know, you had yeah. the back four, which was great. And we also had a, a great strike duo, uh, Valencia and, uh, Sacco. Those guys were brilliant. Man. You know, the, the pace that they had and, right. Yeah. I know they were divided on him, but at the same I time, him. I mean, I you're, him. you're going to cheer when he scores, you know, whether you love him or hate him, you know, but at the same time, it was just, you know, we had a, a an 11. You know, that maybe one or two pieces might get changed out every once in a while. But at the end of the day, you knew exactly who was going to get on the pitch and who was going to play. And now we don't. Granted, injuries uh, plays a lot into that. Um, but at the same time, you know, that helps to where you know, okay, your job is this every week, you know, and you know who's going to come in behind you. When you see that sub coming, okay, well, you know who's coming out, you know. So I think that, that definitely goes a long way. I mean, if you look at our starting 11s for, let's say, the past, let's say till after the Bournemouth game, the first time we played them, when Fabianski went down, look at the starting 11 since then. And I guarantee you there's maybe only twice that the starting 11 is the same for both game or from one game to the next. You're right. There's no consistency. There's no communication. The players don't know their roles. Yeah. And there's no confidence in, in putting them out there and saying, all right, you know, uh, well, the injuries have, have hurt too. I mean, and all yeah, yeah, no, they they definitely oh, have, and it, it, injuries are going to hurt anyone. Yes, I mean, center back has been a mess. Ogbonna has been the only consistent player, and then Balbuena has had an awful season. Diop is not the player he was last season. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's been a huge mess, you know. So, yeah. uh, and part of it is the players, you know, but part of it is, as you said, Sally. Part of it is they don't know, you know, who's going to be out there every week. Where I mean, where are we playing Fornals? Where are we playing Lanzini? We're playing Anderson. They're all over the pitch. Um, Antonio has been up front. He's been on the wing. He's been, you know, it's, it's, there's no consistency and it's a cobbled together squad out of a bunch of teams. As you said, Liam, that, you know, for managers we've, we've had for the last, uh, you know, the last four or five managers have put all this together and there's no, it's a, it's a total piecemeal, you know, um, it doesn't make, there's no, there's no cohesion. Yeah. There's no cohesion. And I, and, you know, I, I kind of thought, um, to be honest, a lot of people are going to hate this, but, I thought when Moyes kept us up a couple of seasons ago, we should have kept him around. I would have given him another uh, season. 
but we didn't do that. <laughs> you know, we brought in Pellegrini. He had an average season and they tanked. Um, so again, just another example of we don't seem to be the last manager I can think of who didn't have us in a relegation battle was, uh, was Sam Allardyce. Everybody hated him. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, and it's because he didn't play clear. attractive football. So everybody wanted, you know, the West Ham way, the attacking attractive football. Yeah. And that was not Sam's way. I mean, he plays route one long ball over the top. So that was. Well, Gianfranco Zola played attractive football and we had one season when it worked and the next season we stayed up on 35 points. And I, we stayed up on 35 points because three other clubs were total, I don't remember who it was. Birmingham was one of them. Birmingham was one of them though. Three other clubs were total garbage. And and that's the only reason, that's the only reason we, we, we stayed up. So that was the, you know, look, I mean, I hate to say this, but I think one part of the reality here is we don't have, we can't pay the wage bills. We can't bring in the players that the top six players can, uh, clubs can bring in we have to have some some level of pragmatic football we all want attacking football we all want beautiful football like they played in the 80s and the 60s and 70s it doesn't work anymore we can't do that we can't bring in those players we don't have <laughs> the game has changed radically since the boys of 86 you know what i mean <laughs> the money is different um the, the foreign influence in the game is different the ownership is different you just can't do that anymore. Some games you're gonna have to you're gonna have to park the bus. It's just the way it goes. But you but you think about it like think about it like this, Tim. So you you look at the the, the clubs that are those mid tables. Like I'm I'm not really as a West Ham fan for as long as I've been one. I I really don't ever expect us to be finishing consistently top six. It would be nice, yeah, for sure. But I didn't get into West Ham to be a perennial nobody know, did nobody did Kentucky. yeah no. i don't think any of us did we all we all knew no west ham fan would do that because that'd be stupid <laughs> no we, we yeah. knew, no for sure we we all knew we were coming in to take some lumps we get it but no. you look at the teams that are mid-table right now wolves sheffield united southampton crystal palace like you can't tell me we can't buy the kind of guys that those guys buy or that we can't attract the kind of managers <laughs> that those guys attract. Like, no, I, I think we can, Liam. And, and I, I, I think, I think that's a good point. I think the biggest problem I have with the board is not that we haven't kept up with Manchester City, Liverpool. It's that we haven't kept up with Everton and Burnley and Southampton and clubs like that. I agree with you. I think that's Burnley. A we didn't keep up with fucking Burnley, man. Right. And look at Watford now. Watford were terrible. And now they're, what, three points off the, what, top six, top seven, I think? Well. Three four points off that? Uh, well, 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 no, Watford. Southampton. I think I'm thinking Southampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, South, yeah Southampton are up in well, nine. Watford right are now. about to jump out of the relegation zone. Well, I think they already have. They're about to pass us because they're in form. Southampton were below us. We beat mm-hmm. Southampton, remember, not long ago. Yeah. And they've gone on a winning streak. Um, no, I'm with you, Liam. The biggest problem I have is we can't even keep up with the mid-table clubs, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And that's I mean, where I have a problem. But I think part of it is who wants to come play for West Ham right now? Who wants to come play for this just disaster yeah. of a club? You know. Um, but, it, but it's it's the club's inability to sell itself. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you have the right people in place, if you have the right infrastructure, you could sell it to anybody. If you over – like – Everybody talks about how January is a difficult transfer window because really the only people that are trying to get unloaded are the people that nobody wants anyways. Yeah. But if you redes- if you actually want a player, like look at some of these other clubs have been able to pull in players because they'll pay for them. We keep getting bids rejected because we're trying to do these we're so deals. We're so cheap. And, and yeah. I wonder – It's killing us. I wonder – I don't think – I mean I had a chat with Ken uh, earlier today. We texted a little bit and – 
I don't I mean, maybe the board don't have the money sitting around. I mean, maybe a lot of it's tied up in investments. Maybe they really don't have billions of dollars to spend. I, the fact that they're still charging us interest on their loans to the club is a problem, obviously. But yeah. they might not have, you know, 20, 40 million pounds just sitting around. They may be more skimp than we realize. I'm not excusing them. I'm just saying that it, it may not be as easy as we think. Um uh, at the same time, you're right. I, I don't see how everybody else is signing players, everybody else is scouting players, and we're putting in a half million pound bid for, you know, some guy from Red Bull from New York. Red Bull, New York, yeah, Red yeah. Bull baby. No, honestly, uh, <laughs> honestly, he's not a bad. He's not a bad player, man. I, I, I mean, I know, I know, he's not like a big name, but I mean, he's he he does his job. Like, if anything, yeah. like Red Bull does play yeah. a really attractive attacking. Stop possession-based style of football. They force the turnovers, and the center back play. Center backs play a high line, and he dude can actually move with some pace. Like I think he doesn't have the experience we probably want, but I don't know. I mean, for for five hundred thousand dollars, I'd have picked his dumb ass up. But I mean, that's. Just- I mean, it's it's so little money that it kind of doesn't matter if he, if he's a bust. Yeah. Right? That's the. But I, I think I think uh, West Ham Eclipse is right about about Wolves. Uh, that's a club that you know has turned itself around. I mean, that's a club without a massive stadium. That's a club with in a, in a doesn't have a massive sort of international appeal. Um, you know, that's everybody talks about following the Leicester model, and that's a great model to follow too. But even Wolves, I'd love to. I'd love to be where they are. Well, they they I get the, they get the players that come in that aren't the flashy big names. They get the guys that come in that are going to fight and they're going to play for the badge. Like that's. I think that's what yeah. we're missing. I don't know why. Why can't we find those guys? I think I, there's something about the culture of the club, not talking about Boy George, but <laughs> the culture <laughs> of the club that is that is poisonous and toxic right now. And and I, I understand it, it emanates from the board, but even so, um, why don't players fight for the badge with us? I don't know. I don't know yeah. why they don't do it. I don't the know. Ones, well, you figure the ones that do, right? Like Antonio, Noble, Rice, you, you know, Snodgrass. Yeah. I think Ogbana for sure because he's Ogbana. been here for so that's, many that's years. That's pretty much it. when he's healthy, and that's pretty much yeah. it. But yeah. you look at you look at some of these other guys, I think we're we're a stop on the bus route. You know what I mean? You look at yeah. like an Anderson – you yep. know, he, he gets brought in because he's, you know, he's a talented player, but you can see after that first season how he's had a drastic drop off in, in his production rate. So did this, so did this, so Diop had a drastic drop off. Yeah. Diop did as well. Did great yep. the first season. Manchester United's looking at him for 65 yep. mil or whatever. I mean, he told him, I said no at the time, but now I'm thinking, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what could we have done with 65 mil? Well, we would have padded the board's pockets. Well, nothing. We that's the whole point. That's, yeah, exactly. But, we, we, but that's, yeah. that, but that's what it is, man. It's like you're not bringing in people that specifically want to go for this badge. And then you, the people that do, like a John Joe Shelby and East End boy, you've got a board that, that, what rankles him in the fucking press. Like you've got these guys that would love to play for this club, but these guys, but these guys up top can't keep their mouths shut. It's, you know, we, we dig, we, we literally have a board that is digging us its own grave. It's, it's insanity. Yeah. And when we go down and they are, it hits them financially. I just don't understand. I mean, I, I don't understand why they're so short sighted unless they really are skint and maybe they are. I don't, I don't get it, but when we go, I think they're biding their time, man. I think they're just waiting out until they don't have to pay back the public, you yeah, know, the public investment. Yeah. And then they just they get out, they get you know get their money. They say, oh well, we tried, we tried. That's their go-to phrase, and 
They did it to Birmingham. Yeah, Karen Brady keeps saying we're trying. I mean, try harder. You're supposed to be some sort of brilliant business person. Try harder. They did it to Birmingham. Uh, you know, it's funny. The only match I ever got to go to at the Bowling was in is almost exactly ten years ago. It was in February 2010. We were under Zola. We were in the we were near maybe in the relegation zone at the time, and uh, we played Birmingham. It was a six pointer. We won that match two nil, and it was right at the time. I mean. I mean, like, Gold, Silver, and Brady have been in charge for like a month, you know. Yeah. <laughs> here they were watching their old club go down, and now 10 years later, here we are, and they're going to take us down, too. I, it almost seems inevitable to me they're going to take us down, too. It's just, um, it's funny to have been there at that point in time when, you know, we sort of buried Birmingham, and now Birmingham's old owners are burying us. We've been going on for a long time to the, everybody in the chat room. Thank you for hanging with us. We still got a lot of people in there and they're commenting. A lot of people still watching. It's been an hour and a half and everybody's still with us. So thank you for that. I came on here tonight, not really wanting to do this show. Oh. <laughs> I've been so busy. No, no, it's not that I don't. I wanted to see you and hang out with you. That's not the point. That's why I did it. I get so beaten down by the West Ham experience, but it turned out to be a lot of fun tonight. I think we had a great discussion. So, um, Sally and uh, Liam, California guys. It's only seven thirty in the afternoon there, uh, right? So go to, the, go to the beach or whatever it is you do. I know you don't go to the beach in Sacramento, but go do whatever it is you do in California. Uh, everybody in the chat room, especially everybody in England, uh, thanks for staying up with us. Uh, thanks for Tim for being on earlier. He's headed to London. Look out for him. And uh, until then, uh, I won't even bother. Let's not even bother with predictions about Liverpool. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> no, man, we're going to win. It's the West Ham way. The West Ham way is we're going to win. One nil and no, it's Declan Rice. Three two. Declan Rice. Three two. You heard here first. One, one, one nil. One nil. Declan Rice and Liverpool Smasher from outside the 18. So it's a complete howler. I have a turned over Salago because on VAR. VAR finally goes against Liverpool for the first yeah. time. That's what I was gonna say. You're exactly right, Sully. One nil, one nil to us. Declan Rice scores a, an absolute screamer. Liverpool <laughs> equalize in the 98th minute in the eighth minute of injury time, and Vard right. allows the goal. Vard just allows it, yeah. Watch out for the Sane flop too. That's right. That's right. Inevitable. So anyway, we can all dream. Anyway, come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. <laughs> come on, you irons. <laughs>